Hello and welcome to episode 5 of Radio Elevate. We're so glad that you can join us here today. We've got a lot on tap for you. We've got a lesson as we continue with our Beatitudes. We've got some great worship this morning. And at the end of this episode, I've got a very special guest and a very in-depth interview with one of our elders and the worship pastor there at Cross Point Church in Jonesboro, Tennessee. It's great to have you today. Can't wait to get started. And we're going to get kicked off this morning with some worship worship and we're going to start off today with Zach Williams and there was Jesus every time I try to make it on mine every time I try to stand start to fall and all those lonely roads that I've traveled on there was Jesus When the life I built came crashing to the ground When the friends I had were nowhere to be found I couldn't see it then, but I can see it now Well, there was Jesus In the way, in the searching, in the heat Thank you. 
Last week we had Bree from the Elevate team, and she turned me on to this next song. I'd like to play it for you today. It's Elevation Worship featuring Brandon Lake with Graves to Gardens. I searched the world But it couldn't fill me Mount's empty praise And treasures of faith Are never enough Then you came along And put me back together And 
We're going to slow it down just a little bit with this next song because it really captures the, the whole atmosphere of what the lesson's going to be about today. Up next, we've got Audrey Assad with Humble.
Hey, stick around because right after the break, we're going to dive a little bit further into our series read as we continue discussing the Sermon on the Mount, as we're going to hit the next two Beatitudes as we talk about being humble and kind. We'll be right here right after this break. Hey, Radio Elevate. This is Matt, worship pastor here at Crosspoint Church. Man, what a great opportunity it is to spend time with you here on Radio Elevate. What a great platform and opportunity that you have to share with your friends and your family the good news of the gospel brought to you by Elevate Student Ministries. Cody and the team have done a fantastic job leading you in this ministry. We're excited about what they're going to be able to do through Radio Elevate. I hope you enjoy it. I know I'm looking forward to it. Join with me as we listen together this new lesson on Radio Elevate. You know, when you picture someone that's strong, successful, or intelligent, or maybe they're financially wealthy, we typically look at what worldly things they have surrounding them in their life. And a lot of times, we have this preconceived notion that the type of personality and attitude they possess is going to be one that's strong and strong-minded, and they're true to their opinions. Typically, these kind of people are not afraid to share their opinions and beliefs, and we're quick to assume that maybe they're a little bit more important of the people occupying the earth, but are they really? And are their priorities in the right place? How much importance do they put in God? Do they blame God, or do they blame themselves for their success? Are they humble or do they boast about their success and their accomplishments? Today we're going to move forward in our series read as we continue to look at the Sermon on the Mount and the greatest teaching that was ever taught. One thing that always amazes me about the Sermon on the Mount is the amount of clarity that adds to our knowledge that we already have. Now, there's no room for error here. Jesus' teaching uses the perfect words to adjust our thinking and understanding of how we are supposed to live a life pleasing to God. His teaching is absolutely perfect. We're going to follow up on our lesson from last week with the next two Beatitudes that are found in Matthew 5, verses 5 through 6, and it says, God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger for thirst and justice, for they will be satisfied. Now, this translation is from the New Living Translation, which is one of my favorite versions of the Bible. It speaks a beautifully easy-to-read language that is similar to the way I would speak. However, most translations of the Bible use the word meek. So today, we're going to start our lesson with a good look at what being meek is about. 
Webster's Dictionary defines the word meek as enduring injury and patience and without resentment. This is someone that's not worried about their own personal desires or wants in life, and they're willing to bear the difficulties they have for other people. It's crazy how Jesus is standing on the mount teaching about being meek when he is the walking definition of the word meek. To say that Jesus was going to do to endure injury without resentment is a gross understatement. And to illustrate this point, let's take a look at Isaiah chapter 53. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. But who can speak of his descendants? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was stricken, he was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life a guilt offering, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. The world would somewhat define meek as being weak, overly patient, or maybe even submissive. However, Isaiah here is describing the coming Jesus and how his meekness saved us from eternal death. We have this belief that being meek or being humble is a sign of weakness to those around us. Look at the life Jesus lived. Through his humbleness, he bared the sins for all mankind. Could it be that from time to time, it's our duty 
as a Christian and as a believer to humble ourselves to others so that we can be compassionate and a lending ear or a manner of support even to others that are suffering. It takes being humble and it takes being meek to do this. Without being humble, we experience a selfishness that puts our way of thinking singularly focused and above other people's. To do this, let's do a little self-evaluation here. When you think about yourself, do you view yourself as being humble or selfish? Well, are you patient or are you quick to react? Are you willing to help or worried about your own worldly desires? You know, when I reflect on myself, I'd really like to tell you that I view myself as somebody that's humble and meek, but unfortunately, just like the rest of the world, I find myself more interested in my own worldly desires. I do think that self-awareness is a tool that can help us greatly with remaining humble. If we're aware of this character flaw, or really this sin, it's something we can manage in our own life. Remember from our, les our last lesson, the definition of beatitude is blessing or extreme happiness. And remember how to achieve extreme happiness when you're focusing on your own worldly desires. It, it can't happen. Unfortunately, we're focused on our outwardly desires to attain this level of happiness. But by focusing on this, we're focusing on the wrong things and happiness will never be achieved. Being humble adjusts your attitude to follow God and follow his example. That's the right way to experience happiness. And we know that there's a right way and a wrong way for everything. And we're going to look at that just a little bit more right after this break. Hey Radio Elevate, this is Matt, worship pastor here at Cross Point Church. I hope you're enjoying this lesson. I want to give you an opportunity to give to Radio Elevate, a ministry of Elevate Student Ministries of Cross Point Church. You can text the word GIVE to 423-467-5311. That's 423-467-5311. And you can become a partner with Radio Elevate. Enjoy this lesson. You know, we never like to be wrong, and we always want to be right, right? Well, let's take a look into the next beatitude found in Matthew 5, verse 6, and it says, God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. Again, this comes from the NLT, but most translations of the Bible translate the word justice and righteousness. When I was younger, I always disliked the word righteousness because it always seemed just a little churchy to me. But justice and righteousness are very similar. Let's take a look at the definition of the word righteousness, and it is the quality or state of being just or rightful. Simply put, being righteous just means being right. We hear that word righteous frequently when we talk about Jesus. And I think that word has become associated with Jesus that we really skip over the word and what it actually means and implies. Think about it for a second. When Jesus was being righteous, he was really just being right and doing the right thing. 
So let's take a look at a couple verses here that demonstrate Jesus and his righteousness. We're going to start with John chapter 4, verses 7 through 10, and it says, Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift God has for you, and who you were speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. See, Jesus displays justice and righteousness here when nobody is looking. And that's something that speaks volume in and of itself. It's easy sometimes to do the right thing when we have an audience or we know that we're being supervised. But sometimes it's a little difficult to do the right thing when nobody's watching. Without someone watching, it's tempting to do the easy thing, not the right thing. So, what all did Jesus do right here? Well, first, he didn't assume that this woman was going to give him a drink. He asked the woman to, please give me a drink. He was humble in his request alone, but he also displayed humility by asking for water in the first place. Both of these acts demonstrate right. Next, the Samaritan woman knew who Jesus was and even called him by name, but this could maybe possibly be from a recent introduction or maybe just knowing what and who he was, but knowing who Jesus was and possibly what he could do, she was more concerned with the fact that Jesus, a Jew, was even speaking to her. Jews looked down on Samaritan people, so Jesus went against cultural acceptance by speaking to this woman who was a Samaritan, but she was ultimately another human being that was just occupying this planet. Even though Jesus was requesting something, and in this case it was just a sip of water from this woman, he was also connecting with her on a personal level by even speaking to her in the first place. Remember, being righteous is about putting your own preconceived or personal feelings aside. Jesus displayed his love to this woman just as we should to any and everyone around us, no matter their social class, race, political affiliation, or whatever. And lastly, Jesus foreshadows what he would do for this Samaritan woman. When Jesus tells this woman, if you knew the gift God has for you and who you were speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Jesus is simply asking the woman for a drink of water here. But he's also letting her know that if the tables were turned, and we know that they eventually will be, that Jesus would give to this woman what he was able to give. This verse here is very telling about how Jesus portrays his humility to this world. Jesus is not looking down on this woman because he's a Jew and she's a Samaritan. He's basically referencing here that if she knew who she was actually talking to, that he would have every right to be in an elevated status above her. But he chose and later proves 
to be true to his word and righteous when he chooses to show humility and serve her via the gift of living water rather than just taking a gift of normal water and by doing this, ignoring the needs of this woman. See, this verse uses water in two different fashions. First, it's referencing the physical aspect of thirst when Jesus is asking for water, presumably to quench his thirst. The deeper meaning here is when referencing living water, which would be referencing the eternal life. Both are gifts that take time, selflessness, and humility to provide. Jesus is simply asking this woman to provide him with water so he can drink. No matter where you come from, the human body needs water and beverage to survive. If you have the capability to give that to anyone, no matter what your own personal or worldly opinion of that person is, you should give that gift. That's what being humble and righteousness is about. The reward for that is going to be very clear. We can provide water to others to help their thirst for water. So we should do that since we have the capability to. We cannot provide living water to somebody and give them eternal life. But Jesus could and Jesus did. Let's take a look at John chapter 6 verse 35 and he says, Jesus replied, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. You see, Jesus longs for a world that can be right and humble with him. He does not desire for us to be selfish. Obviously, he's speaking both to our hearts in a physical and a spiritual manner manner when he's referencing hunger and thirst in this verse. But this verse is also telling about how Jesus will provide for our needs. The thing about needs is that a need can only be met by what's missing in somebody's life. For example, we need food to live. Food is not just a want that we can live without. The human body needs it. And Jesus tells us that he is the bread of life. Now, this means that those that seek him will be able to eat. And sometimes that meal is spiritual, but the need for food will always be provided by God. The same exact thing can be said about water and thirst. If you're hungry, a blanket's going to do you no good. If you're thirsty, a blanket will do you no good. Now, a blanket is great at keeping things warm, but it does nothing to satisfy your thirst or hunger, and that's because it's not the right object that's needed. In our life, the right object that we need is the most righteous and right thing that there is, and that's God. He's the right solution no matter what deficiency we're facing. He's what keeps us going, and without choosing God in our life, we're going to go through life with the wrong tools and the wrong solutions to our problems. Now, all this begs to the question of why do we even long for the wrong things in our life? We will choose to be selfish and arrogant time and time again. So why is choosing to be humble and righteous so difficult? You know, 
Honestly, I think it's because, just like we studied last last week, we put too much emphasis on the world around us. You know, last week we discussed if we thought that the world put more emphasis on spiritual or material wealth. And obviously, we concluded that the world puts more emphasis on material wealth. And I think the same can be applied to this line of thinking. The world puts so much emphasis on security or popularity or acceptance or anything else that is driven by a selfish mindset. But security is materialistic. All Any of those things are materialistic and they're driven by human influences of success. That means that they're measured through our works. Have we worked hard enough to be secure financially or physically? Have we painted a face that's likable enough to be popular amongst our peers or our classmates? Have we played the game well enough to be accepted by the majority of people? See, these are all selfish desires, but if we desire if we decide to look through the same goals in our life through a spiritual lens, then it becomes a lot easier to obtain. We have our security in God knowing that he will provide the bread of life and the living water that's needed to survive. We understand that popularity is not a goal that has to be achieved because we're living to please one person. But we're only living to please the right one person, and that's God. It does not matter if the world accepts who we are, because God accepts us despite our sins, despite our shortcomings, or anything else, because he created us and longs for a relationship with us. So, just like we did last week, I urge you to rewrite this beatitude in your own words. Mine would read something like this. Blessed are those who may appear weak and obedient and humble, for they will inherit the earth by experiencing true happiness on earth, by enjoying a relationship with God. Their hunger and their thirst for life will be satisfied because they are spending their time effort and god-given resources to give back to the only thing in this world that is right just and righteous it is god and only god that can truly satisfy truly satisfy our hunger thirst and desire so remember this week that humbleness is not a sign of weakness it's a sign of obedience And a sign of obedience to God and following the example that Jesus set forth for us while he was here on earth. During our time on earth, it's up to us to display the same humbleness so that we can be at peace and inherit the good things of this world while we're here. We should be hungry and thirsty for the things that are right, not the things of this world. The only things in this world are right, that is right, is for God himself. If we stray from that example, Jesus said, and the words that God provided us in the Bible, then we are becoming of the world and not a humble servant of God. Unfortunately, we have a sinner's heart. And from time to time, we're going to fall in our humbleness and our desire to be like God. But we can rest easy knowing that Jesus did not fail in his journey. 
and that he did live that sinless life for our sins. We can rest easy knowing that Jesus remained humble, Jesus remained kind, and Jesus did not stop seeking God even while he was here on this earth. And that's incredibly humbling. It's a good stop from time to time to self-evaluate so that we can gauge where we are spiritually and possibly even humble ourselves to fall in line with God and what is right and what is righteous. Hey, stick around with us because right after this, we're going to have the worship pastor of Cross Point Church in Jonesboro, and he's going to get an in-depth discussion with this lesson. We're going to be right back after this break with Matt Pollock. We'll see you right after this break. Hey, Radio Elevate. This is Matt, worship pastor here at Cross Point Church. I hope you're enjoying this lesson. I want to give you an opportunity to give to Radio Elevate, a ministry of Elevate Student Ministries of Cross Point Church. You can text the word GIVE to 423-467-5311. That's 423-467-5311. And you can become a partner with Radio Elevate. Enjoy this lesson. Welcome back to Radio Elevate. So today here, I've got an incredibly special guest with me now. He was scheduled to be here next week, and I've got to give just a little bit of a backstory right quick. It's funny when you see how God works in different people's lives. And My dad is a fire chief in, a, in the town where our church is, and Matt Pollock, who's my guest today, just happened to run by and say, Hey, man, you need a chaplain, and it turned out he did. And he made a phone call to me. So I met the gentleman through the telephone. He invited me to church. Now, a backstory about that is me and my wife, Jennifer, who was on just a couple of weeks ago, were looking for a church. And we had decided on a church. So when we ended up at Cross Point Church, it was really us coming as a courtesy. But while we were there, God laid it on my heart. And it was that day that I met a man who was going to become one of my best friends in the world and truly a brother in Christ. It's my honor to welcome to the show Mr. Matt Pollock today. What's going on, Matt? What's up, Radio Elevate? What's up, Cody? It's good to be with you, brother. And man, such a such a God story. You know, what an amazing time uh, to just fellowship in that and just kind of revel in that you know when we were chatting a little bit about that just a few moments ago uh man it just brought a smile to my face how just one phone conversation led to uh, a lifelong friendship and the ability uh just to impart christ into each other's life man. and just where we are now i mean that telephone call we had some four or five years ago at this point we had no idea that in five years we'd be experiencing some crazy world academic yeah. and we'd be recording a podcast right now for, <laughs> I know, right? for youth and talking about God. But man, it, it's awesome to have you here. Thanks, Those man. of you that uh, 
may recognize the voice. He is that very handsome voice that we have on the commercial breaks asking you to give, give, give to Radio Elevate <laughs> and telling you he's hoping you enjoy this week's lesson. That's him. Listen, that's not in my nature. Uh, I'm glad to do it. Uh, it's uh, Cody asked if I could do some promos. I asked him what he wanted them for. He said, hey, man, can you do the give stuff? I'm like, uh, come on now. Like, yeah. I in all, in all fairness, that was all on me. <laughs> I can do better promos than that. So <laughs> with, you're, you're dragging the bottom of the barrel for that for me, man. But I'm glad to to do that for you. Uh, I love you. Man, I'm so glad with uh, where this podcast is going and, uh, man, how you're leading our students here at Elevate. Thank you. And one other funny thing I've got to say right quick is <laughs> the first, you know, we decided on a Monday that we were going to start doing a podcast to reach the youth. And we had cranked out our first podcast by that Friday. And that was all so that we could get a youth lesson out somehow. And, yeah. and we'd got on uh, Spotify and all of our different platforms by that Friday or Saturday. And yeah. it was, you know, there was a lot of hours put into that. So a lot of stuff. Uh, I pulled some double duty on before Matt did it. Now, he was unaware that I was going to bring this up right here at the moment. Uh But So Matt sends me a text and asks what songs I have playing behind his phone-recorded voice. So I tell him, (laughs) I noticed when I got him sent back, the Post Malone song had not made it behind his voice. You got me. You got me. (laughs) You got me. Uh, You know, as I was uh, was listening to it, I'm like, you know what? I'll fix it though. I'll, I'll, I'll make it right to you. Nah, yeah, yours was much better. It was probably better than having Post Malone on a Christian <laughs> podcast. But nah, it's good. I'm glad. I'm glad you had it on there. That's pretty bold. Uh, it is bold. I was like, hey, it, whatever works. Right? Hey, you got to. You it got was to. the karaoke version. That's right. That's good. It's just music at that point. Exactly. It's just a nice little <laughs> melody behind you. So. Today, man, we're back in the Beatitudes. We're on the third and the fourth Beatitude uh, of Matthew. I love the Sermon on the Mount. It speaks to me in so many different ways. The way that Jesus is able to impart clarity on on the rules and the laws that he has laid down and how us as humans have just taken those and, and molded them to fit our own selfish needs for Jesus to come at his Sermon on the Mount and say, let me just make this clear for you guys. It's absolutely incredible incredible to me. And the third one first talks about being meek, or as I used a lot of terms, humble. What do you think about being meek and humble, Matt? You know, I, I think, you know, we have to look at it as, you know, it's it's not letting someone run over you, and that's not what Christ is, is calling you to. But humility is doing things in the nature of grace, and and. And just extending the same grace that God gives us, um, you know, He sent His Son for us, and and in that, um, man, you know, it, it can be easy to to just think everybody's running over you. But when we realize that it's not people running over us, it's it's us uh, being more Christ-like to people. And, and I think that's the part that we have to look at, you know, uh, society says that humility and meekness is, is weakness. Uh, but Christ says that humility and weak and meekness is strength. Um, you know, he's, he's telling us that if we want to be a difference maker in, in society, we've got to do things a little bit different and, and, going at things in a, in a shadow of meekness and humbleness uh, is what he's called us to. 
So what advice would you have to the youth, or even if you're not a youth listed today, what advice would you have about being able to remain humble? You know, I, I think I think this is this is uh, one area of my life that, that I've really had to take a lot of, of hits from. You know, um, in, in my formative years in, in high school and, and that stuff, man, I, I, I said a lot of things and did a lot of things that were just out of anger to the point of, um, I really didn't care about people. I didn't care where they were with Christ. I didn't care where they were journeying or what they were doing. Um, and that was just all out of anger, you know, is out of, uh, the worldview of, well, if I'm humble to people, people are going to run over me and I don't, I don't have to deal with that, you know? So I, I had to take that pill, you know, I had to take that on in my life in, in the forefront of it and say, all right, so, Am I going to be Christ-like or am I going to continue to do what the world calls me to? And I think that's where we got to be as as Christians, as believers, even as non-believers. Man, there's a lot of things going on in society. There's a lot of things going on where we look at it and go, you know, hey, uh, I, I don't have to give up for anybody. You know, we're in this stay-at-home order. A lot of places are in, um, you know, quarantine almost. And you know, I think our humility lends itself to us being able to follow those things that our government's laying out in front of us. Because if if we don't, you know, I know a lot of people are going to look at that and say, uh, they're trying to take over, they're trying to do this, they're trying to do that. But at the end of the day, Christ has called us to be humble in these things and, and meek in these things. He He's in control. Yeah. Um, and so... We just got to let him be in control, you know, through our humility, through our grace, man, he is shining like a city on the hill, like he desires to be. And I think so much of it is stopping and being able to take time to reflect on your self-awareness and just kind of giving yourself a heart check as to where you are yeah, and absolutely. being able to state, you know, okay, maybe I overreacted. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, you know, it's, it's, uh, with, fellow people you know people that we deal with every day for students it's for classmates for um employees it's for fellow workers everybody's not going to be in the same personality we don't we don't deal with things the same way um but when we come through it with humility and meekness man we can really just see what's going on with people you know we're not trying to just run over people for whatever uh, but we're walking with people and we journey with people. And and I think that's what Christ is really trying to get us to understand is, you know, in our humility, we're allowing ourselves to journey with people and see where that anger and hostility, all those things are coming from. You know, um, I, I, just a quick story. I love politics. I love getting into politics, probably a little more so than I should as a pastor. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, commented on something on Facebook or something and, and man I was getting railroaded and you know um a guy brought up something and it, it led to a conversation of you know I, I could have spouted back and and just kind of been the old me but God softened my heart in the matter and and it, it allowed me to share my story a little bit but also share the goodness of God now I I, I don't know the guy I don't know that I'll ever meet him. I hope I do so we can have a conversation and he can know me and I can know him. Um, but at the end of the day, it allowed us, allowed me to share the story of Christ in my life and what Christ has brought me through and, and 
kind of the journey of it, you know, and and it was very much a public forum, you know. So, so who, whoever that guy is, we hope you're listening right now to Radio Elevate. Yeah. Matt would absolutely love to meet you. Absolutely, man. Send me a message. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you my phone number. We'll talk. We'll talk a long time. So. so you brought up a few minutes ago, and, you know, with these stay-at-home orders and everything that we're going through right now, as much as we try not to mention the coronavirus, it's almost like saying the word Voldemort these days. Right, you right. know, but – as much as we try to not bring up the coronavirus, it's right in our face. And I couldn't help but think when you said that about how we have to remain in our humility and we have to remain kind of meek during the coronavirus. Jesus, during his time on earth, he went through a whole lot more of his suffering than we're having to deal with with a stay-at-home order. How do you think Jesus was able to remain humble through his time on earth and all the suffering that he went through? You know... You you really think about that, you know. Obviously, uh, first and foremost, is he's perfect. He was perfect, you know. Uh, he was our sin debt, and and he paid that. And the only way he could do that uh, is through his perfection. And so, um, you know, I think we have to to lend it to that. Um, holy is is that it's his perfection. It's sin in our life that leads us to um, struggling with that a lot more. Um, you know, when Christ, we celebrated uh, just a couple of weeks back Easter, you know, it, it could have been really easy for Christ to say, you know what, I, I'm not going through any of that. You know, the, the beating, the, the lashing, the, the crucifixion, any of that. But at the end of the day, at the core of who Christ is and what he's trying to teach us is his humility led him to the cross because he knew that he had to be the one to pay the price for yeah. us. And so that's the part that that sets him apart away from us. You know, obviously, it, it's, he's hands and feet above where we could be. We could strive to get there. We know that we'll never be able to on this side of heaven because we are human. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that's where um, we, we have to see Christ as, man, his perfection uh, on earth and how he dealt with things uh, just is the testament to us. So uh, I'm going to read you a verse here. And uh, this is one of the verses that we covered on the podcast today. And I'd like to hit you with John chapter four, verses seven through 10. And it says, soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? And Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you were speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. You know, that verse speaks a lot to righteousness. And I'd mentioned a little bit earlier, I hate the word righteousness. Like that word is just so churchy to me. I can, I can flash back when I hear the word righteous to being in an old school church when I was a kid with the pews and the red carpets and the hymnals and anybody that's ever been to church with us knows that just ain't the way we do church at cross point. Right, right. But the word righteousness always takes me back. But you know, we talked about the root words of righteousness is right. Yeah. And there's, nothing more right than jesus so what's your takeaway about jesus and righteousness here you know i, I think that you know uh, we we see the pharisees and sadducees of the time they were they were uh, 
lording righteousness over people, right? They were they were portraying something that they could never be because they're fallible, you know. And Christ is showing righteousness uh, to the Samaritan woman through humility. And I think that's where a lot of these guys that, you know, eventually were the the uh, culprits to getting him to crucifixion. Uh, I think that's where they got hung up a lot was, you know, their righteousness. But they didn't understand how to be humble in that, you know, because they're human. And so when we see how he interacts with the Samaritan woman and his compassion and his love for her, you know, uh, Samaritans and Jews just don't mix, right? They they just don't. Uh, the Jewish people would travel around Samaria, you know, a lot of times a day's travel or two days travel instead of going right through the middle of it because they considered them half breeds. Right. Yeah. So that they were just kind of scum. Right. Yeah. So muggles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mutts. Right. Like, yeah. like a puppy that you pick up off a street, yeah. you know, you just don't know. But at the end of the day, I think that's where Christ's righteousness in all this really just, uh, is, is amazing. And I love this story. I always love to, to reflect on this story in, in my life and, um, yeah, I love to go back and read it and try to, you know, four or five times a year because at the end of the day, man, he really just goes to the heart of the matter with this Samaritan woman and, and all the things going on in her life, all the things that he could have kind of chastised her for, um, he leaves alone and goes to the heart of the matter, right? He, he helps her understand the importance of drinking from the correct well and how to drink from it. And and this kind of leads into my next question. Jesus says, may I please have a drink of water? Yeah. And as we discussed in the podcast a little earlier, it, it was humble alone with Jesus even just having the manners to say please. Right. But why, why do you think that the Samaritan woman struggles so much internally with just this simple sip of water, it's not like Jesus is asking for some major favor here. It's a sip of water right there. It's not going to affect her one way or the other. She's got plenty of it to give. Why do you think that this Samaritan woman is so... This this causes so much of an ordeal over a sip of water. Well, I think it's I think it's twofold. Obviously, she's done the work, right? She's yeah. there to do the work. She's there to fetch the water and do that stuff. So the work's really not the issue. But I think it I think it goes back to two things. I think it goes back to traditionally men uh, really didn't carry on a whole lot of conversations with women, right? They were really subordinate really in in this situation and that's just how society was um but but secondly uh, this is a jew talking to a samaritan you know so anytime there's normally that conversation going on um it's probably pretty derogatory i would i would imagine that it's probably a lot of name calling a lot of you know just trash talking you know locker room talk and and it's probably not very pleasing it's probably not a very cordial conversation and so i think the humility and and his perfect righteousness in the situation is what we see here because he's really kind of laying across the third rail for lack of better terms in in society 
uh, in his heritage in a lot of things. Uh, man, he is really just uh, loving on her yeah. the way she's never had before. You know, I'm sure a lot of the conversations and a lot of the things that had gone on in her life uh, were probably pretty pretty derogatory yeah and it just you know astonishes me that jesus asks for this water and she's like you're a jew yeah like it's not oh yeah here you go you're a human just like i am you need this it's you're a jew and it also strikes me that she also calls jesus by name right at this and i I assume maybe there was a formal introduction maybe right prior to that or something well i think i think we have to look at you know just the overall picture of it all is Christ had been foretold through their history, through their lineage, through all of this. You know, so even people that weren't necessarily uh, in in the Jewish traditions, in, in, in the Hebrew stuff, uh, they knew of Christ, right? They knew of a coming king. Um, and so I, I think, just at the core of who she was, she had a pretty good idea who who he is. Obviously, they did. There right? was something there. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, God can do amazing things. You know, and I, I think if you're looking for the right stuff in your life, and and you're kind of ready to put away the old things, man, the new things just seem to come pretty quick. So, you know, we we continue to talk about this sip of water and. This is not the only time in this lesson today or several times throughout the Bible that thirst and hunger are used to describe needs. Why do you think the Bible teaches us through these physical needs like hunger and thirst when we're discussing a need for God? Well, you know, I think uh, I think it's tangible, yeah. you know, uh, for the people Christ is teaching to. A lot of them were uh, poor. They They had to work hard to get things and... Um, you know, they, they didn't have a lot of readily accessible assets and and that stuff, you know, you had some very wealthy people as well, but, um, you know, uh, the multitude, a lot of those people have been traveling for days and, and, you know, so when they're listening to him teach, you know, it just gets to the point where they're fallible humans. They get hungry. You know, we get hungry in Christ journeyed that too. He was fully God and fully man. And, and these are things that we can relate to, right? Yeah, and, and it, it's I, I have to to stop myself sometimes when I'm discussing Jesus because it's just ingrained in this Jesus, God, Holy Spirit. It's all one thing. But I have to remember, especially when we're in something like this, studying the New Testament, where Jesus is here. Yeah, I, I have to remember Jesus gets hungry. Just like I do. Absolutely. Now, he's probably a little bit more rationing with his food than I am. But <laughs> I can not promise like he has you, to be. I, mean, I can promise you that he is <laughs> for me. Like, <laughs> you know, every time I every time I sit down at the table, it's more like a buffet than it is anything, right? He's, when he talks to me, he's more like, I'm going to turn that 5,000 fish into one for you, yeah, big boy. Yeah, exactly. Boys. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Here's your sip of water. Uh, maybe you need to lay off the fish. Here's just a little piece of bread. Maybe that'll work for you. you uh, there's some broccoli growing over there. Maybe <laughs> you should go hit that. <laughs> exactly. That's right. There's a whole field out there. Just make you a salad. Yeah. Just make yeah. you a salad. Let's work on them carbs. That's Kobe. right. That's right. <laughs> you get the keto diet going. You know. So I, I think I think it's 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 that. But I think it's this too. You know, uh, here here where we live in the South, um, you know you really think about how we celebrate things, how we mourn things, how we 
deal with things uh, in just generalities, uh, normally it's centered around a meal, you know. Yeah. Um, and I know that's kind of crazy to think about, but I, I think uh, this is why Christ probably came from South Jerusalem uh, because he understands uh, what what we're going through, right? He had to be a Southerner. Um, and, and so um, so that's 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 kind of where I'm at with that. You know, we see the, the disciples sit down and break bread together with Christ. Even at the Last Supper, uh, we see that that feast. And that's a part of the tradition of, of Jewish uh, people as well. Uh, feast of the Passover. There's a lot of things where they just spend time eating together. And I think uh, that's where this really comes from because you really think about your dinner table. Yeah. You know, when you're either with your family or Thanksgiving or Easter, um, you know, they're whatever's going on uh, in the family or whatever kind of gets put to rest for a moment and everybody is just them. Everybody is just being them and hanging out um, and, and they're just enjoying each other. You know what I mean? We're we're letting our guard down at that moment. And and I think that's where we really see Christ uh, just, kind of know how to penetrate the heart of people you know a multitude of people or or a single lady uh you know we can just break down a lot of walls by just sharing a drink with each other or sharing a meal with each other you know for whatever reason it just calms us to a point where we're not at 11 we can come back to four or five and and just spend some quality time together yeah and there's you know there's so many different uh, similarities or references back to food and water that we can. And that's because, you know, as we said, us, just like Jesus is humans, we, we have to have that. To yeah. live. You know, those are things that we need and we long for those in life, but we also long for the wrong things in life too. Why do you think us as humans just long so much for the wrong things in our life? Well, I think that's I think that's where sin uh, creeps in, right? When when we find ourselves uh, studying more and especially studying God's word more, uh, when we find ourselves uh, praying better, and and when we find ourselves drawing closer to Christ in our life through Bible study or or whatever through podcast, you know, uh, when we enrich ourselves in the right ways, man. Uh, sin just finds a way to creep in on those things and, and kind of take away our joy. And and that's the parts where uh, we just fall short. You know, that's where uh, sin plays a major role in that. Um, and, and we have to address that. You know, we need to find our joy in the Lord. And, and, and we would like to do it perfect every time, but it's just not possible. You know, it's not possible to to do it right every single time for us as humans, because we're fallible. We're going to make mistakes and mistakes are going to come, you know? So Matt, one thing that I'm trying to do during this study is uh, taking these beatitudes and we're rewriting them in our own words. And uh, the ones that we're in today are Matthew five verses five through six. And I'm going to read it off to you. And if you would, I'd like for you to be able to rewrite these in your own words. So it's starting at verse five. It says, 
God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. Matt, can you can you Jonesboro that up for me a little bit? I can country that up for you for sure. Wait, you're a butler boy. Will you butler that up for me a little bit? <laughs> I know, right? Pogie. We can talk about Pogie all day long. Um, you know, I think I think it's God, Christ, just teaching so well the need for us to just be humble. You know, uh, the meek will inherit the earth because when we're humble, when we're meek, man, we're really just listening more than we're doing anything. You know what I mean? We're not rushing to anything. We're not forming our opinions before we get there. We're just being Christ-like. We're being patient, you know? And and I think that's um, just where we need to be. We need to be slow. And that humility that comes there is is so vital. So how can we Jonesboro that up? Uh, let's see. Um, the country speed uh, brings godly things, I guess, right? Um, and uh, I don't know. I don't know how to country up the rest of it, but that's all right. We got a whole podcast on it today, brother. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, you guys, you guys will do that great. But I, I think that's that's the thing, you know, when we're slow, when we're uh, more patient and when we just allow God to do the amazing things, um, you know, we can just see God at work better, right? Because we're not rushing to anything. We're not rushing through anything. Um, we're just taking the time. You know, I think the the important part to, to remember here is Christ had an advantage and, and will always have that advantage is when he's in the conversation, man, he's looking straight into the heart of people. It takes us a little while longer. And that humility and meekness is where that comes from. You know, when we've formed our opinion or uh, walked into the conversation with just uh, fist blaring or just blazing into it, um, man, we're really missing out on who's on the other side of the conversation. You know, and uh, and I think that's where humility and meekness really play into this because, if we're going to be about our father's business, like we should be as believers, uh, man, we got to journey with people and be patient because they're not traveling at the same speed we are. And nobody's traveling the same speed as Christ is because you think about it. He had three years to get all of this done. Yeah. Right. And so in his mind is boom, 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 boom. But at the end of the day, that just ain't how it works. No. You know, Look at the things that were packed into three years. And we look back on it and we go, wow, dude, that's a lot. And that's a short period of time. Yeah. A lot of things change in three years. Uh, but but Christ just did some amazing things in three years through humility and meekness and just loving people the way they needed to be loved on. Loved on in a different way. Yeah. yeah. So, Matt, I... I have to thank you so much for coming on today. We were we were going to have a, another guest on today whom we're going to have on a little bit later, but uh, Matt was supposed to be on next week, and he was a bit of a last-minute replacement today, but uh, it was absolutely awesome to have him. And, uh, Matt, thank you so much for joining us Heck today. Heck yeah, man. I'm glad glad to be here, glad to be spending time with Radio Elevate. Uh, 
man, what a what a great opportunity and and what a fantastic job you and uh, the Elevate leadership have done, man. You guys have really just embraced this and done some phenomenal things with it. And uh, man, I, I can't wait to to see our Elevate students and hear what they think about it and hear some conversations about it. Uh, but uh, man, just just what an awesome awesome thing, man! Thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me come and crash it a little bit. Oh yeah, brother! Spend some time with you, man. Man, that's awesome. Thank you again for joining us, Matt. Hey guys, we want to thank you all for coming out here and joining us again today. We're hoping that this coronavirus thing starts to end on us soon, but until it does, rest assured you're going to have a brand new episode of radio each and every week. We're going to be right back here next next week as we continue our series Red as we continue talking about the Sermon on the Mount. We're going to get to the fifth and sixth Beatitude next week. I hope you'll be here to join us. Thank you so much. I'm Cody Fair with Elevate Youth Ministry at Cross Point Church in Jonesboro, Tennessee. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you right back here next week.